welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hive Podcast. And as always, thank you for listening and watching each and every week. If you haven't gone and checked out the YouTube channel and seen the, you know, the live behind the scenes recording of these episodes, definitely go check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's sometimes not as polished as the as the audio version, but it's a lot of fun. And I know a lot of you have been enjoying it. So make sure you go check it out. But as always, I have another fantastic guest lined up for you guys this week. We're going to be talking about live streaming and, you know, kind of what you need to think about when you're designing your home studio. So let's welcome this week's guest, India Delgado. How are you doing? You're was cracking. And I didn't ask you if we can do sound effects. Can I do sound effects? You can do whatever you want on this show. Well, sort of, but go for it. <laughs> awesome. What's up, Jared? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Hive podcast. Um, I absolutely and I love meeting new creatives and learning more about them. Yeah. And you have yeah. definitely been popping up on my recommended feed. I've seen you on Doc Rock Show and a lot of the live yeah. streams that I watch. So it's so nice to actually get to talk to you sort of in person. I mean, this is as in person as we get nowadays. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, same here. It's so funny because when you hit me up, I know, I think... Ecam had like re had like um posted one of your studio setups and you had a really cool with the teleprompter with the mount with the roadcaster. I was like, his studio is dope. I'm jealous. Like I need to follow him because his studio is legit. So it's so funny, right? Like with the recommended feeds, we're just all nerds. Yeah. Doing the same thing. And then we get recommended and it's like, oh my God, I want to do a setup like that. And it's like, what we call gas gear acquisition syndrome. It's like, you always want to do better and better. Yeah. And so I'm envious of your studio too. Oh, thanks. So we'll you know, I think it's funny because it's always kind of like the grass is greener on the other side kind of, yeah. kind of mentality. It's like, right. okay, yeah. no, I absolutely am so grateful for being able to have the studio set up that I have and I love it. Right. But there are little things that kind of like drive me nuts. Like I, I want to figure out a better way to like mount the camera yep. and the teleprompter. Like, it yes. works. Oh, so we're going to talk about that. So let's talk about some ideas. Yes. Because same here. Because <laughs> I saw yours and I really liked it. And I was like, where did you get okay. that? Okay. So we're going to talk about it. But right, right, right. now we're nerding out and everybody's just listening to us nerd out. So uh, yeah. India is a, she, you, ha you have a fantastic uh, YouTube channel. You do a lot of live streaming on gear and helping people live stream and have better online presentations. Does, does that about cover it? How would you describe your channel? Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, I call my live stream. So I try to do, you know, and we'll talk about where I've been MIA, but I do try to do live streams Saturdays at like 8 p.m. Eastern Standard between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, I do call it ladies night of live streaming and I try to keep it focused to women in content creation. Um, talking to different women from different platforms, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and then just business professionals that do their own type of content creation. That's not the social media norm, but they're doing Zoom calls or, you know, marketing, social media marketing. And then, of course, little things in between, you know, with like how to videos and just trying to simplify the process. 
So that's kind of my, I guess, my page, my content creation in a nutshell of what I do. And I think the biggest thing is just being personable, right? right? And like explaining, taking something that can be sometimes so complicated and just like really saying, listen, this is super simple. Let's just break it down and going from there. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing for that being personable is that you're typically like when you're doing online content or online meetings and webinar, whatever it is, you're talking to just a camera and lens. And that can be really difficult and nerve wracking for people. I mean, people can, they can be the most confident person in the world and you put them in front of a camera and they kind of just fall apart. Um, Right. So there's deer in the headlights look. Yeah. There's tools around that. Like I, I use a teleprompter not for scripting or anything, but solely so I can have a little monitor coming out of my computer. So I see basically my computer screen on the teleprompter, which allows me to look directly at the camera. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, like I, I see what you're seeing. Like I see India right in my face. So it's like, it helps you have someone present essentially right in front of you instead of, you know, looking off to the side like this and, and looking at the computer. So teleprompter it, for the win. Like I agree. absolutely get it. If Same you're live page. streaming. Fantastic. Yep. So I have to ask, um, like most online content creators like myself, like we all have day jobs. Um, your day job has nothing to do with online content creation and live streaming and stuff. So what, wh- how did you make that leap? Uh, and what made you want to make content about what you make content about? Yeah. So I am a banker by day. I do mortgages. Um, I actually, my specific, I guess my specialty in mortgages is that I help low to moderate income individuals, or I help provide mortgages in low to moderate income areas. I teach financial literacy. So I kind of break down the mortgage process, the home buying process. I'll partner with realtors, attorneys, nonprofit agencies, um, and teach the classes on it. You know, like I said, financial literacy. And just creating the dream, the American dream of home ownership. So I was doing all of that stuff in person, expos and like rotaries, libraries, things like that. And when COVID happened, that stopped. But as a bank, we have a legal requirement to continue to do those things. And so it was, it forced me to think out of the box very quickly because my role and my responsibilities as the community account executive didn't stop. Um, And that's kind of how I actually got into live streaming. That's how I actually got into content creation because what I did was I took the PowerPoint that I normally use in person. And of course, like all of us, I started using OBS, right? Because that was the easy thing. It's free. It's, you know, accessible to everyone. I taught myself how to like put the PowerPoint, a green screen behind me, put a round circle on OBS and just start using with a blue, a blue Yeti that if Diana hears, you know, she's going to go crazy. Diana Gladney. I started with a cheap blue Yeti. Um, I had a Sony A5100. I bought a cam link and then just plug that all in, right? So plugged it into computer, into the computer, figured out how to throw the PowerPoint on the screen, how to make myself look a little presentable, how to sound good, and then started sending that feed from OBS into Zoom using a virtual camera feature. And the first problem was that back when I started doing that, I had a MacBook Air. And so for those of you guys that know the MacBook Air, the older ones are nowhere near what you need for streaming. Um, And so my computer was laggy. And then when I started doing research, they're like, listen, these are the minimum specs that you need for OBS. 
And I was like, well, what do I do? Right. And so continuing to do research, I found Henny the business and Henny was talking about Ecamm Live and through Mac, it's, you know, Mac only software. And I was like, all right, well, I love Macs. So let's see what this is about. I did have to upgrade. So I ended up selling my Air. I got a 16 gig, um, 16 inch MacBook Pro, the i9. So now I have a power horse of a computer. I did the trial of Ecamm Live, uh, the 14 day trial, did the same thing. So much easier, so much simpler to put a PowerPoint in, again, to dial in your cameras, to dial in everything that you need, to customize it. And I was like, oh, this is legit. Um, And then just started fine-tuning my presentation from there. And so you mentioned, and we'll talk about that a little bit, you mentioned about, right, camera presence, you mentioned the engagement and stuff. My very first uh, financial literacy class that I did through Zoom during the pandemic it was at eight o'clock at night. There were like 60 participants. No one had their cameras on. So now I'm looking at black screens with the names at Zoom. And I'm the type of person, and you've seen, you've seen me, right? Like I engage with the community. So like, I, you know, and we do it through usually through the comments and stuff like that. But I feed off of other people and their energy. So to look at a computer screen and to literally just look at, and then the one guy, there was one guy that had his camera on, he was falling asleep. (laughs) I was mortified. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Excuse me. I was like, I don't know if I can do this because I'm used to standing in front of a room and giving a presentation like, I got to figure this out because this is not going to work. And like everything, the more you do it, the more you practice, the better you get. So then fast forward, I started going into the Ecamm live Facebook community. And that's where I started to like ask for tips and tricks and how to like resize PowerPoint, excuse me, how to get the bank's logo on there because, because we're a bank, right? There's like compliance things that I have to like really do. So then reaching out to the community and then it transitioned because now, right? Like I'm looking at all the posts on Ecamm live and it is, like I said, gas gear acquisition syndrome. Every other post is somebody is upgrading their camera, somebody's upgrading their lighting, somebody's upgrading their microphone. And I was like, oh, hold on. Like, it's (laughs) It's about to be a level up. Right, right, legit. And so what ended up happening was I bought this mic, the Lewitt, the 240. This is a Lewitt 240. Um, And I also bought the Shure MV7 had just come out. So I bought the both of them. I like the Shure MV7 because of the versatility where I didn't need an audio interface. So if I did start, right, because no one knew what was really how big the pandemic was going to be. So my thought process was, well, if I start really going out and about, I can just take the MV7 and be portable just with my computer, one mic. I don't need all this extra. But I I liked the way my voice sounded with the Lewitt. So my very first live stream was on November, I think November 6th. So it's about to be a year, my very first live stream. And I said, because I started to do a review, a video review comparing the two mics side by side. And I was like, forget this. I'm going to go live in the group. Let's see what this is. And it was over. Something that turned into where I was just going to, I had both the microphones and I was just going to, you know, test them. Hey guys, well, how does this one sound? How does this one sound? Right? Like in testing it, A 15, 20 minute video turned out to be, or a live stream turned out to be a three 
hour live stream in the Facebook community and it was over. Doc jumped on the screen. He was like on, on the live. He was like, you need to come on my live stream this week, Saturday. And then it was like, like you said, a rabbit hole. It was this big domino effect that led to one thing to another, meeting people. And then I was like, well, because my YouTube page, if you look like years ago, I've done I've done YouTube videos like on car stuff that has like 60 mil, 60,000 views. I have crazy like views on my car stuff. So I've always enjoyed taking something and helping people out because my thought process is if I didn't know how to do this, there's chances that someone else needs to learn how to do this. Um, and then I just started kind of going from there. And that's my live streaming story. There's so much to unpack right there. So much to unpack. So the first thing, okay. right? All Ecamm right. for okay. the win. Ecamm for the win. Like right. if you're listening. Hold and- on, hold on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like if you want to live stream or you just want to take online meetings and presentations yeah, to the next level, Ecamm. Ecamm for the win. It is by far the best tool. I mean, I love the virtual camera portion where basically you can do yep. everything in Ecamm and have Ecamm function as the camera in Zoom, right? So you can, it just ups your presentation. So if you're a business person and you're doing meetings, anything like Ecamm for the win, it is absolutely fantastic. 100. And then the community, if you if you really dive into it, the Facebook community with just helping with you know new features and ideas and ways to use it, it's just fantastic. And it really does up, not only your online presentations and live streaming, but I use it for recording. I'm using it for right now. Like we're not live, but we're recording the podcast. It's fantastic for podcasting. It's fantastic for just making videos on the fly. And if you have like an ATEM and you're you're able to cut between different camera angles, it really cuts down on your editing time. So it's a fan, fantastic tool. What I also love is, you know, you, you got hooked on something and you... Yeah. And not being like in the content creation field and right. not having tons of experience in it, it didn't keep you from saying like from making content about it. And that can hold a lot of people back. And I say it all the time, just start. You don't need to right. be an expert. Just have a plan and start. Like you said, you're, if I need to know this and I had to put an effort into figuring it out, that right there is going to make a fantastic video or or live stream because you can help somebody else do that. If you had that question, you had to put the time in to learn it, someone else is going to have that same exact question. And so you can be their resource. And right. yep. now you're going to be a resource for me because uh, we're totally going to geek out now, guys. We're going to talk about okay. gear right. and we're going to talk about live streaming. Um, so I would love to hear what you think the most important thing that you need for online content creation for live stream. What's the the number one thing? We'll see if we both say the same thing. So I'll let you go first. Should I put a timer on? <laughs> you should, you should, you should do like the Jeopardy timer. I did that to Doc Rock one day. It was the funniest thing. Um, so, and the reason why, because I don't want to say what everyone says. Everyone says that you have to good to have good sound, right? If you have good sound, so that's my answer. Good that's quality, my answer. Quantity, right? See, that's what everyone says. You have to have good sound. Um, I think for me, because, and this, and I'll say this from personal experience with what's still holding me back is aside from just doing it, because that's what holds all of us back, but really having a structured plan because I fall down the rabbit hole of I'll actually start to record 
thinking I'm going to do it willy nilly, like, all right, I'm going to record the stream deck class. Right. And then because I don't have a structure to plan, I'm standing in front looking at my monitor or looking at the stream deck. And I'm like, where do I start? Like, you know, like, what do I, why didn't I think this through? Because it's different. I know how to use a stream deck. I know where I need to go. I have my stream deck planned out, but that's all like muscle memory. It's all second nature when you're going to teach something. And it's the same instance, right? When I do my first time homebuyer classes, I breathe that day in, day out, but I have my PowerPoint, which is pretty much a guide. So it's just bullets that I go into. So when I'm teaching the class on, you know, page one, if it's about whatever it is, debt to income ratio, right? I now know with that plan, with that structure, this is what we're going to talk about. So I think that's the other thing with creating content. And that's with anything, whether it's live streaming or with doing videos, aside from the gear, because everyone, and I think that that's, and that's why I said I wanted to have something different because everyone's going to say something about gear. Usually the the best content creators will say you want to have a really good microphone, really good sound quality. Then after sound quality, you need to have a really good camera or decent camera quality. And then after camera quality, you want to have good lighting so that it all ties together. And that's what you hear over and over again. But what about the things that you don't hear? And I think the biggest thing that holds people back is, right, is the lack of having a plan and what that looks like. And don't go too crazy. But if you can have bullets of, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do a class on and just start to end. And then the other thing is if you plan out and you it turns out to be a long, drawn out 20,000 bullets, then break that up. And now you just made yourself maybe a five class series instead of a one one hour long class, you can make five, you know, 15 or 20 minute classes. So having a plan, I think is what I'm going to stick with. All right. We'll go with having a plan, which is probably by far, like if we're not talking about gear is the most important thing. Right. Like I say, just start, but start with a plan. Like you need to have some sort of structure and plan in place. And for all you guys listening or watching, like India just dropped a huge knowledge bomb. Like when you take that plan, can that plan right. be broken up into additional Legit. content, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah. People go overboard, like, all right, I'm going to make a video about this, but can that video, can you piece it out? Can you say, okay, well, I need to cover all these points. Well, each point could be its own separate video, and then you can put it in a playlist on YouTube. As content creators, we're always, tr- there's always the struggle of making more content and figuring yeah. out yeah. what to make more content about. So, the more you can stretch your content, the better. So that's super important. Does your plan involve like 10 points in this video? Because if it does, you can have a part one and a part two, or you can have 10 shorter point videos and put it in a playlist. Fantastic. But going back to the gear, yes, sound. Sound most important, guys. So if you're going <laughs> to, this is a podcast, right? So sound's most important. If you're going to invest any money to get started, good audio quality. People can put up with bad video. They could put up with a video, you know, uh, a camera on your computer if they need to. But if they can't hear you and you're breaking up a bunch, you know, it it just goes out the window. Because if your camera breaks up and they can't see you, at least they can hear you and they can hear the energy in your voice, which you've already talked about, like how important energy is to have in your videos. And then after that, lighting and then, you know, software and like camera is the least, like the bottom after you figure it all out, 
And then, then, then you can invest in a camera because lighting can make any camera at any price range right. look good. Look good, right? Right. Um, Tom yeah. Buck just did a video not too long ago, maybe like a week ago. Uh, by the time you guys are all listening to this, it's probably a month ago. But <laughs> uh, he did a video about like the about live streaming the tools you need, and he never mentioned a camera, right? And he said he was not going to because it was kind of like the least important thing. I think that holds a lot of people back. Like I need. I need a good camera. I need a good camera and they're expensive. Well, plus we also, by default, we all, I would say, I'm going to bet 98 to 99% of us already have a decent camera, which is whatever family you're from, iPhone or Android, you already have a decent camera. You don't have to go out and buy a mirrorless camera or something like that, right? A DSLR or something like that, because chances are you either have one of the latest iPhones, you got one of the galaxies, whether it's a note, whatever it is. And those have crazy good cameras that you can just, as long then you put it on a tripod, you're good to go. So you don't have to make that investment, right? Like, so it's already in your disposal it's the other things that you want to go ahead and make sure you invest in. Right. And and like you said, like let's say you go out and you get you get a Shure SM7B and a Roadcaster and a Cloudlifter right. and like a, uh, you know, a Canon R3 or whatever and like tons of aperture lights. Cool. You have yeah. all this equipment. You just dumped thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it. Do you have a plan? Are you good on camera? Do you, do you have a camera presence? Like all this stuff that you brought out, like that – that point that you brought out, like you're not going with gear, you're going with a plan. That's that really is what's most important. It is, it trumps gear every day. You can make good content on your phone if you have a plan, right? So guys, just, just get started and get started with a plan. But now I love the bell. We're going to dive into your setup though, because um, after we just said gear doesn't matter, we're going to talk about gear. <laughs> Right, right, um, exactly. And then, like, I have the most expensive, one of the most expensive <laughs> gear set up. Gear doesn't matter. I want to know because Forget about it. Because, guys, India just moved into a new house, so she is she's redoing her studio. Walk me through the setup and your thought process into designing a new a new setup from scratch. Yeah, yep. So the house that I bought, and that was because, again, what I do as a bank, I have the ability to remote work from home. So having an actual home office and a comfortable home office was really important. And that was one of my needs when I talked to my realtor. So my basement is a fully finished basement. um, And it's a nice size basement. And so my setup was one with desk space. So making sure that I had enough desk space to do what I do for both the day job and the content creation job. Um, So I actually have, it's, I took an eight foot desk from Ikea. I cut it down to like five feet by three feet. It's an L shaped desk and I have it in the corner. Um, Nice and sturdy. So it's not a butcher block, but it's one of their countertops that is, um, what is it? Veneer and then solid wood on the top. So it's a sturdy desk. So making sure your workspace One works for you, whatever that is with the size, because I've found that my workspace, I've changed it a few times because it's either not big enough or it's not sturdy enough. And that's the other thing with anything we're talking about gear is try to buy it right the first time instead of wasting money, you know, two or three times later because you want it right now. So if you can sacrifice and get it right the first time, right, that's going to be better even if you wait in a couple of weeks, a couple of months or whatever the case may be. And I'm a prime example of that. 
because I went to Ikea and I bought the um their desks, the, the Lindemann desks that everybody like on Reddit has the gamer setups, right? But because of all the stuff that I put on the desks, it was way too flimsy. And then even like just typing or writing on it, it would like wobble. And I was like, this is not working for me. So I tore the office apart, ended up getting a countertop and then kind of going from there. Um, so really planning out the space. And then that's the other thing of actually planning out the space. There goes that and plan again. Planning out, right, plan, right. And I'm a planner. So as you can tell, can you tell that I'm a planner? Um, and it's not just even like with gear, it's smaller things of where's the placement of your electrical outlets? Where's the placement of your lighting, right? Because, and then where are you going to put all your stuff? Because do you need extra long extension cables? Do you only have one outlet? Do you have multiple outlets? Uh, if you're going to mount anything to the ceilings or the walls, are where's the stud placements, right? Like, because especially if you're going to start screwing into the walls, get everything done, mock it up first. Because I'll tell you, I l literally have probably redone my office three times so far. Now I'm finally where I'm at with what I wanted, but it took me six months pretty much to get there um, with how I liked it. So that's that with the planning, making sure you know what you want. You have enough cables. The cables are long enough because that's the other thing, right? So HDMI cables, um, the USB cables for the battery packs, are those long enough? Do you have enough, um, your surge protectors, making sure that stuff is quality too. Don't cheap out on things like surge protectors because all your gear is going to that. So you want to make sure it can handle the expensive gear so it doesn't cause any electrical shorts or anything like that. Um, and then the gear itself, I've slowly, I have a decent collection um, and I've sold slowly but quickly, I guess, in a year, have built up into it. So right now, like I mentioned, I am I have the Lewitt 240 Pro, which I absolutely love. I do have the MV7. I have some other stuff, but this is my go-to mic. Uh, like all of us, we all went crazy for the Elgato LP um, arm. So I have the little profile wave arm that I absolutely love. I have a 32-inch widescreen. I did have two 27-inch monitors. And then with the teleprompter, that's a third monitor. And for those of you guys that have upgraded to the Max with the M the M1 series, know that there are limitations with the chip and the um, amount of monitors that you can get. So by having the third monitor with a teleprompter, it was creating way too many problems. So how I solved that for myself was I got rid of the two 27-inch monitors. I upgraded to a 32-inch LG ultrawide. I absolutely love it. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, extra large stream deck because I use the stream deck extensively for Ecamm scenes and shortcuts and things like that. Uh, I connect my XLR microphone to the Rode, the Rodecaster Pro, which I also love. And then in terms of cameras, I have multiple cameras. My main streaming camera, camera that sits behind the teleprompter is a Sony a6400 with a Sigma 16 millimeter lens. So that gives me a little bit of the wider shot so you can see more of the studio behind me. But I also have a ZV-1 and my a5100. Um, and then a lot of people like they, they crap on, um, the Elgato key lights. I love the Elgato key lights. It looks lights. great. And I don't. It looks like a nice I, soft I light. It's like, fine. 
I right, like I love it. I love the ability to write to control it from the stream deck. So if I want to turn it off and on, if I need it a little bit brighter, a little bit darker, it's all I guess because I'm so invested with the stream deck and I use all the buttons and things like that. Um, but I have just one key light. So I have the key light and I think the larger fine, one, the right? panel. If the, if that's yeah. all you're using it for, right? If that's all you're using it for, it's a fantastic right. light, right? If you're not needing to break it down and take it on like shoots and stuff. Right. Then oh, it's yeah, not for yeah, you, yeah, but for sure. It's fantastic for what it's built for, just for live stream setups. It's great light. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, that's and I think that's it. I'm I'm just looking around to see what else I have. I mean, I have two. What is that? The pre Sonos um, studio monitors for when I want to listen to music and when I want to, you know, if I'm doing video editing, listening to the stuff through the uh, the speakers. And that's it. It's great. That's it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a setup. Like if you're listening and you don't know anything about live streaming or any of this, well, thank you for listening this far, <laughs> but right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, that setup is in reach of a lot of people. And a lot of that stuff like is pretty common that a lot of content creators would have already, right? They're going to have a light, yeah. hopefully a, a good XLR microphone. If not, Hey, you don't need an XLR microphone. You can use a USB microphone and upgrade. Like the most expensive thing out of all of that was prob probably the Rodecaster. Um, minus no, the big, camera. The like, camera. The camera was? Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. the A6400 is like a Yeah, and the Sigma. Yeah. yeah. But after that, you know. It was the Rodecaster. It was the Rodecaster. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great setup. So I have to ask to, to kind of to, to end our gear talk. So my setup, you've seen it. If you guys haven't seen it, go go on my Instagram, whatever. You, you guys can see it there. Um, I am using these newer extension, like wall mount extension arms, right? They're they're meant for they're yep. meant for lights. One's holding up a light over here. I love it because it gets all the like light stands off the floor and they're just up on the wall, and then I can push the push them away if I need to. So I have a second one that comes straight out flat off the wall, and I have a just a just like a, a ball head with an arca swiss plate and that's holding up the entire setup of the monitor the, the yeah the teleprompter yeah. with a black magic 6k and the problem i was having is because of that weight pushing the arm yep. down so what i needed to do is i put a a monopod that has legs and i put a yeah. super clamp on top of that and then i super clamped it to the end of the arm so the arm doesn't give right so it has yep yep but it's not ideal so i saw a picture of yours what is your monitor on i think the teleprompter is the bane of all of our existence right. because everyone like that because everyone i talk to like we're all trying to figure out better setups for those of us that put it on the desks without having to um, put a tripod on the floor right exactly that's a thing because that's what it's meant for because it's so heavy right and we have it on the desks and that's the thing so the way i have it is and I have my roadcaster and my um teleprompter. So I have the Vesa, um, not Vesa, what is it? The Vivo, the Vivo monitor arm. Okay. For like the universal monitor arm that you can put on the back of the monitors, the Vivo. And it has two arms. And so what I did for the roadcaster was I got a laptop, a Vesa laptop adapter. And then the roadcaster sits perfectly on that laptop like that. shelf. And so then the roadcaster swings off to the left and I can, you know, tilt it in, tilt it out like a regular monitor arm. Right. And then I followed one of Caleb Pike's earlier videos 
where he put a camera stand or a camera on a monitor arm. So he undid one of the screws, the very first screw on the monitor arm. He has a telescoping singular pole and then screwed the pole to the bottom of the monitor arm. And then on the top of the pole, it's a camera extension pole, um, has the tripod there. And so it swings out. It gives me a little bit. So it's cool for the versatility. It eliminates the need for a tripod on the desk. Um, but I have that issue with it. the tripod, the glide gear being so heavy, it does sag. Right. It does. That's the biggest thing. So that's like I sags. said, it's the, it's the bane of our existence. And then I worry because I'm like, all right, am I crooked to you guys? Right. Like, it's it like, what is the problem? Um, so that's how I've had it the last couple of months. It works. And I think it works a little bit better than like some of the other setups. Yeah. Um, I know that Felicia Alston, she puts it, she has hers on a uh, microphone stand and she hates it. Yeah. So she was talking to me about it. She's like, cause it's the same thing. It sags. It's not um, sturdy. And, and I guess the, I the main issue, Diana. right. Is the ball head, right. It, for me, that's, it, that's what's yeah. holding it up. I just need like a stronger ball head. So what I was thinking, I was talking to Diana about it. And so I have, um, what are they? The vents, because I have central AC. So this, the, the vents, I have like a, uh, an L, like a square coming out. I'm tapping it right here. So, and it comes out a little bit, <clears throat> it's like a 90 degree shape wall or whatever. I was thinking about getting kind of like the Manfrotto ceiling to floor arms, but shorter versions. So, you know, you have the telescoping, the, the ceiling to floor clamps that you can put cameras and stuff. I was thinking about shorter versions of those, getting two of those and putting it from my desk, the bottom of the desk to the top of that, um, this thing here where the vent cover is, and then getting a cheese grate and mounting, right? So like two little extension arms, if you're, I, I don't even know if I'm visual, like painting this picture properly, but two telescoping arms so that they're pressure, right? So they're tension arms from the bottom of my desk to the top of that little, or like your ceiling, you can do it to the ceiling technically. Then you get a cheese plate. You mount the teleprompter because I think the issue is also that the teleprompter is on a small, that big teleprompter is on a small space. Right. Whether it's a tripod, right? So that also makes it uneven. So if you get a cheese plate, you mount the teleprompter to that cheese plate. Now it's a little bit more secure because the cheese plate is going to be a little bit wider. And then you can take like maybe two L brackets and then put connect that so that it's on one on each side. That's what I'm trying to do. I'll send you pictures. When yeah, I, do send me pictures. I think that I mean, may help. We'll solve all our problems if we just put them on video tripods, which is what they're meant for. Right. <laughs> exactly. Just... Right. Exactly. Well, guys, if you want to learn more about India's uh, setup. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram and don't forget to follow her on YouTube if you want to learn anything Thank about you. how to having to like upgrade your skills when it comes to online video presentation and live streaming. So India, thanks. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Jared. It was a pleasure. Super of, fun. Of course. Of course. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I, you know me, when I have a guest that loves to talk about gear, I geek out. So Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you are listening in the Apple Podcast Player, make sure you give it a five-star rating. Not four, not three, not one, but five, okay? And if you have time, make sure you leave a written review. I do enjoy reading them, and I hope you guys are enjoying each and every episode that comes out every Monday. And if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. I'll talk to you guys 